What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always, Radio DJ. <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> You're waiting for the Split Line Off-Road Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Whitehair. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, guys. So, uh, we have a lot to talk about today, don't we, Brandon? Yes, a lot. Great racing over the weekend. Oh, man, just like a week of racing because yes. we got the ATV motocross that we're going to talk about that happened on Tuesday. We had GNCC all throughout the weekend, Saturday and Sunday races. Uh, did not disappoint. Sa- man, Saturday's race. How about yeah. Saturday's race? Saturday was crazy. Shoo. Yeah. Uh, it was a knockout, dra- <laughs> knockdown, drag out fight, yeah, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> In more ways than one. We'll talk about <laughs> that too. Uh, we got a little bit of Supercross to talk about. Um, some... Fantasy, Pulpamex, and Rocky Mountain um, Fantasy, and then... A little local. A little local. A little local hair scrambles to talk about, so it'll be a fun episode for sure. Action-packed from start to finish, so uh, let's just get right into it, right? Yeah. Make sure, before we start, make sure... You guys like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Keep up with us, uh, message us, chat with us. You know, if you want, tell us how bad our show is. Uh, <laughs> or tell us how good it is. Right? Or tell us how good it is. We like those a little bit better. Anyways, um, but yeah, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Splitline underscore off-road on Instagram and Splitline off-road uh, on Facebook. So uh, with that being said, let's get right into the fantasy, fantasy. weekend. Yeah. Brandon. How'd you do in fantasy this weekend? No, I picked, I made my picks, and I haven't even looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you how you did. In pulp, you finished fourth. Not bad for the weekend. Not bad. Um, you know this guy, me. Yeah. I won. Uh, Justin Groff finished second. RJ two five five finished third, and Brandon finished fourth. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, and uh, man, Kyler Murray, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> You didn't. You missed your picks this week. Oh wow! Oh, I don't was, you hate it that? It was close for I, me. I almost missed my Rocky Mountain picks, <laughs> but uh, Kyle missed his picks, so he dropped down to the third overall championship. Jeff Miller is in second, and I'm in first in that league. Over on the Rocky side, not doing so hot. I'm way down at the bottom. <laughs> but uh, Justin Groff is in first, and newcomer <laughs> to the league, Groff's whispering eye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is in second. Good role model <laughs> reference. And um, Whip It 46 is in third. So uh, good weekend, guys. We appreciate you guys playing with us and uh, always uh, just having fun doing that. I um, guess we're going to school, jump into the right into the Supercross, though. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, what a what a weekend. Uh, what, a, what a night. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was going to go a lot different. Um, 250s, what a surprise. Seth Haymaker, Handmaker. Nobody called that. No, there's no way. No, nobody called that at all. Like, that was an awesome ride for him. Um, but the thing is, he's been showing speed since the first qualifying of mm-hmm. the season for him. So, uh, we shouldn't be too surprised. But for him to come out there with the poise and – because I didn't think he would last the whole main, especially yeah. when um, – Especially with Hunter Lawrence behind him and McAdoo in third, and you know Cooper was was coming, 
Um, but it seemed like nobody was really able to make a lot of moves. That kind of that race kind of kind of stayed put. Um, if, if you looked at the lap times, like all day, even in qualifying and practice, and and some of the heat races, the track everybody was running kind of the same pace. It was kind of hard to make up a lot of time mm-hmm. on on anyone for, yeah. through the whole field. Yeah. So McAdoo and Cooper came through the field pretty well, though. So those guys are definitely your championship contenders. As far as the championship goes, I don't think anybody's going to touch them. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think anybody else was going to end up winning races in that class, but it it, sh- it just goes to show that in that class, man, anything can happen. Uh, so congratulations to Seth Haymaker. Um, Hammaker. Yeah, Hammaker. Haymaker. Throwing haymakers. <laughs> Tell you what, I, I thought he was going to throw it away right there in the middle of the race. He kind of had that stumble. Ooh, that was a good save, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a very good save. And, yeah. uh, man, who hit the dirt right there really hard? Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith. Yep. That guy cannot catch a break. No. He's, that's why I never pick him. Broke his collarbone yeah. on his um, handlebar. His handlebar yeah. caught him right in the chest. So uh, that sucks. That looked man. like I thought that's what happened. Yeah. But four uh, fifties. Uh, yes. Mm. It it was all over once the gate dropped. <clears throat> as soon as he got out front. It's funny because it, it, you know he wasn't really a standout. You know he did he didn't have a good. Uh, we're talking about Cooper Webb, of course. Yes. He did not have a good, great heat race. Um, and it was funny because they were like, oh, you didn't have a good heat race. He was like, those races don't matter. <laughs> I mean, he literally is the gamer of gamers. And um, it's just so cool to see him uh, to see him work the way he works the track and works the competitors. I, I, you know, people say that, you know, I, I listen to the Pulp Show and everything, and those guys are on the train of like, you know, <clears throat> stop talking about how, how he's in Roxon's head. Rox is too much of a professional to let that happen, but yeah. I think I think he's in Roxon's head. Yeah, I'm sure he is a little bit. He loves <clears throat> the mental games, and you know Kenny has to be nervous. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, well, especially with the with the red plate gone, maybe that lets some pressure off of him a little bit. Maybe that gives him uh, something to look forward to. Some they say that red plate's pretty heavy. I mean, I've never had it. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree, but at the same time, how many years has Roxon had the red plate? He's had the red plate a lot, mm, and I, he's I never finished with you. the red plate. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's very hard. Uh, so, but we, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we always talked about how Kenny thinks. was going to come out strong and Cooper was going to heat up as the season went on, and mm. that's exactly what we're seeing. Do we see Kenny resurge himself and get back to that pre, that not preseason, but mid or early season form? That, that that he strives at so much. If Kenny, the last two races, Kenny has had two bad starts. Um, the I think the like my opinion is is the reason he had success early was he was getting hole shots. He was yes. coming out second, first and second, first and second, maybe third once in a while. He was coming out in that podium position yes, regardless, no matter no matter what. And once you do that in this class, right this year, it, that that's what it comes down to with starts. And then when he got that when he messed up in the heat race and uh, got a really bad gate pick. And then they showed the replay why he did get a bad start is because that rut kind of yeah, and went, you saw it like when they it. showed the replay, you saw it really yeah. slow him down. But um, so I think that's a big key. That's a big yeah. factor. And that happened because of his wreck in the heat race and him dropping back to I think seventh place in the heat race, which is not a typical place you see him at. But I think if he starts, I think if he starts nailing those starts again, I think he starts coming back and winning a little bit. Not not saying he's winning every race, but or not saying he, you know. I see him on the podium if he gets a good start. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good race for Barsha. Good race for Jason Anderson. He, he needed that, getting on the so, podium as nice to see. So what do you think about Anderson's moves? 
No, I don't think they were. Like, they were like AMA's looking at him. I'm I like, how? That's, <sighs> if they're going to look at the, those moves, they need to look at a lot of other moves as well. Well, what, that's what I we was, I was on a text message with a couple of buddies, and uh, we were talking, and I was like, if they penalize Jason Anderson for that, and they can't, and they the move that Cooper Webb put on Dean Wilson early in the race, I mean, he can make contact with mm-hmm. him. I mean, you'd have to look at that, right? In my opinion, you know, I love Malcolm Stewart, but, but Malcolm Stewart's move, even though Malcolm Stewart got the far by far the worst right. into that deal, his move on Anderson was way worse. Yeah, I mean, he was going for the kill shot, and it just looked like he hit a brick wall when, <laughs> and then ended up hitting concrete. Yeah. That did not look like it felt good, but. Um, I mean, that was a non-issue in my opinion. I yeah. mean, just aggressive racing. Yeah. I mean, uh, does it deserve paybacks? Maybe, but does it deserve a, uh, something from the AMA? No. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, unfortunately, the tracks that they're building and the speed of the competition, and no one's going to get out of the way. I yeah. mean, I, I've seen Tomac get stuck behind Mookie in the heat race and couldn't get around him. Yeah. I mean, he's just a hard guy to pass. Yeah. You have to move people out of the you way. You have to, unfortunately. And, yeah. Un- well, Unfortunately for them, but I enjoy watching it. Yeah, I'm all, yeah, it's great for us, to, for the fans and stuff. But, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we don't like to see that kind of racing because then our kids see it and they think it's okay and all this stuff. But uh, yeah. they, they, uh, teach your kids it's a pro level. <laughs> yeah. How good was it to see AP uh, win that oh, heat man. race? That's awesome. Yeah. I hope he keeps it up. I do too. Fifth fifth place, uh, stellar night for him still. Yeah. Um, he kind of had to push his way to fifth place. Yes. So it was good to see him race up to that position. Uh, Sexton had a good race in fourth um, after he uh, knocked himself toothless uh, (laughs) (laughs) the week at Daytona. So, yeah, and then kind of a quiet night for Tomac in eighth, uh, kind of going back to the form right before Daytona. Yeah, it's been another another thing, bad start and can't push through. I don't don't know what to do. Can't push through or not willing to push through. Not really sure, but it's one of the two. Something's going on. Yeah, so uh, let's go to another type of Supercross on four wheels. On the four wheels, yeah. Daytona Supercross, ATV Daytona Supercross. Uh, Another big uh, shock. Carnage. Yeah. Carnage from the first turn on. Man, you know, watching that race, um, of course, we only got to watch the highlights of it because it wasn't broadcast or anything, but we were watching the highlights and everything. And that first turn, it closed off quick. And it was a sharp turn. And uh, um, there was – Several guys going into that turn and, and not a lot of give. So, yeah. You saw a lot of carnage in the first turn. Uh, Jeffrey Rustrelli, top, con- cop, top competitor, uh, got taken out right there. Um, uh, Bryce Ford, he actually hit the gate and wasn't able to. Uh, so, he came from last and um, <clears throat> ended up finishing sixth. But uh, Rustrelli ended up being able to come back to seventh. Uh, just another tough, tough break for Rustrelli. But, um, the real shock came when after um, Joel Hetrick took the lead from Chad Weenan and then just set sail, he ended up running into the back of a lapper uh, over a jump and went down and uh, pretty violently, actually. So uh, good news, he's okay. Um, but bad news, he finds himself in another hole yeah. to, to begin the season with, like, uh, you, 17 points down. Yeah, it's like, can you even make that up on Chad Weenan? He'd have to have a DNF. So, I did the math, <laughs> and uh, if he wins every moto, it would take him winning three straight events with Chad finishing second uh, to be two point four four events to, to uh, take the lead. Okay. Four straight events. 
Uh, now that's sweeping. That's not splitting <laughs> motos because you know those guys. Those guys split motos a lot. Um, man, Chad Weenan, just a solid rock. He's he's the man when it comes to when it comes to just m- managing a race. Um, I know that he. You know, last year we probably saw the best version of Chad Weenan uh, <clears throat> as far as speed goes. He he was he was the best guy last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Joel really lacked when it come to the bike. Uh, the bike, it seemed like he wasn't able to push the bike as much as he would like to. But you know, one could argue him pushing the bike is is kind of what led to that that incident at Daytona this this past week. Now, you know, it, it you don't want to give too much blame to either side. The lapper could have gotten out of the way. Joel could have checked up. Um, the lapper should have gotten out of the way. Yeah. Joel should have also checked up, right? I mean, if you put Chad Weenan in that situation, do you think Chad jumps that uh, that double right beside that lapper? I mean, if you ask him, I don't think he does. <laughs> I don't think he does either. I don't think he does either because I don't think Chad is willing to risk it especially when you already have a six- to seven-second lead. Now, I'm not coming down on Joel because it's just the way that Joel races. It's that yeah. style of racing that Joel has. And I, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say that Joel's been one of my favorite riders to watch, if not my favorite rider to watch of all time. Just what he's able to do on the bike is ridiculous. And he's, there's literally nobody on the planet that can throw an ATV around like Joel Hetrick. Yeah. But that comes with an inherited risk that – <clears throat> Chad Weenan just doesn't put himself in those positions. So do we see do we see now we see a position where where Joel has to put himself in those positions and has to go for those wins and he can't take seconds because if he takes seconds that's losing points and he has to be gaining points every time he goes on the track and that's hard to do against somebody like Chad Weenan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ch- you know there, there's a reason why we call him Mr. Consistent cuz he's always he's always up there on the box. Always there. And you know, it's it, it's hard to beat him once, not alone beat him twice in the same day. So, um Joel's got a lot of work to do. Um the the other two guys on the box that weekend was was pretty impressive. Puts a smile on your face, doesn't yes, it? Yes. It's good to see. It is very good to see. Um Nick Janusa with the second place overall. Uh man, it's so it's so awesome to see him finally get up there and, 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 and have a good get up on the box, actually, just getting up there. Cause it's not very often he's up there, uh if if any. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I was concerned about him a little bit this off because he was wasn't able to get south and and do a lot of prep he stayed in new jersey where he's from and uh judging by his uh, instagram he was pushing his snow off the track more than he was actually riding it so uh it was a little concerned about that but i tell you what he was even with uh joel if joel would have won that race he was a clear number three uh because he was quite a ways away from the fourth place position and then wesley wolf man yeah gncc yeah ATVMX, just a just a uh, an Iron Man out there doing both series and and putting it on the box for the first time. That's got to be an awesome feeling. Um, he said that he wasn't pumped because he didn't feel like he earned it. But yeah. anytime you put yourself in that position, yeah, you know whether somebody wrecks or whatever, you earned it. Yeah, and he should be proud of himself. So that's an awesome accomplishment that he has on his on his belt now. Yeah, that's really cool to see because you know, you know that that kid's been plugging away year after year at GNCC and uh, ATV 
ATV uh, motocross, and um, I was just listening to the the race on Saturday at the GNCC, and they said that they talked to Wesley, and uh, he um, he's going to focus more on I think on the ATV side, mm-hmm. motocross side. Mm-hmm. Um, they said I, I think he said that he's still going to do the GNCCs, he just don't have the speed. He knows he doesn't have the speed as like Bryson and uh, Walker. There's right. no way he can. So he said he's going to focus more of his time to uh, motocross side. So you talk about somebody that's got to be in probably top top tier shape. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Just just a uh, like we said, an Iron Man of the sport to be able to do what he's doing. So congratulations to him, Max Linquist. Um, he's been doing a little bit of GNCC and uh, ATV too. Max Linquist. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I promise. I, I swear. Are you sure? I swear. He was just he just racing a, a Nona. Max Linquist yes. did. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. You Fact check. You want to bet? You want to bet? Let's make a bet. I'll make a bet. All right. How much I, you want to bet? Five dollars. All right. I don't it's, think it's my Max Linquist. Okay. My five bucks. I'm right here. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, but I mean, congratulations to him. Pro debut, and he finished fourth. Yeah. Just off the step off the podium. Uh, Brandon Hogue fifth. And we already talked about Bryce Ford uh, having to charge from the back sixth and Jeffrey Ristrelli seventh. Those, yeah. You know, these guys, it's a stacked class. You know, you put Chad and Joel in a league of their own, and then right behind them, it's just like – It's a brawl for third. Yeah, it's it's a brawl. <laughs> it's a brawl. So we're looking forward to seeing that uh, as it shapes up. We got a few weeks off before they go to their next one. Um, but, um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing that for sure. But as of now – we got uh, a special guest on the line, don't we? Yeah, it'd be great, uh, great to hear from. Uh, we're going to talk to Richie Nolan from Mountain State Hair Scramble Series. Yep, uh, the, Mountain, puts it on. the Mountain State Hair Scrambles opens up this weekend. Uh, Sunday they'll be racing their first race, and uh, we're going to talk to Richie about it a little bit. Talk about the season and uh, uh, <clears throat> see what he has going on for the 2021 season. All right, as promised, we have Richie Nolan on the line going to talk about some Mountain State hair scrambles coming up this weekend at Sand Hill Raceway. Uh, welcome, Richie. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, yeah, no absolutely, man. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, like we've, We talk about your series a lot. Brandon and I both have done uh, a good bit of Mountain State races here in the last few years, and uh, just an awesome series. If you guys are – um, local, and if you're not local uh, and you want to check out an awesome hair scramble series, uh, Richie w- runs the uh, Mount State Hair Scrambles, and they run kind of the north central West Virginia uh, region and um, uh, up in you know around PA, out uh, in the Panhandle a little bit, and it just always awesome tracks, always a great time, and really well ran. Uh, Richie, uh, how what what did you first? I want to talk a little bit about. What did you think of the number of people that you guys had in the 2020 season uh, overall? Um, I mean, it was great. Like I said, we was we were kind of stunned that it was so good with the pandemic. Um, obviously, going in, we didn't know really what to expect. Um, and then when we had the first race uh, at Marvin's Mountaintop, it, it was like it was average. Um, and then the second one hit, and it was above average. And from there, they just – they climbed and climbed and climbed, and we was like, like I said, we we was stunned. I mean, it was awesome. It was great to have, um, but on my end, we almost, you know, we have to rework things a little bit. I have to make sure tracks are longer. I have to make sure starting lines are bigger. You know, we were getting 40-some guys in the dirt bike sea line. You've got to make sure the starting line is super wide so they can all get taken off and just, 
you know, parking, it's it's a great problem to have, but it is, you know, you got to keep it in the back of your mind. Okay, now we need more parking than what we normally do. You know, we got to make sure the tracks. I used to settle if my track was six miles long. I kind of settle for it, and I'm like, that's that's good, you know. But but now we're getting so many adult dirt bikes out there. I mean, our average was 200 this year. Yeah. Uh, and in 2019, our average was 100. So you know, we basically doubled as far as bikes the bike turnout goes. So yeah, I'd definitely make sure the tracks were at least seven miles. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like to get them to about eight. That all depends on property, and you know if it's tight, you don't need eight miles. If it's wide open, though, no, you definitely need yeah. eight. So, yeah, yeah, we were really shocked that the turnouts were so so good. Um, of course, you know it's great. Uh, it, it made for a great season as far as for racing and, and for us. So, uh, like I said, it was really awesome. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I was able to run the pretty much the entire series last year. And just to echo what you said, I I run the quad side of it, and uh, it went from. The years passed, like typically around 50 quads uh, or so, and pretty much almost every round, um, aside from a couple, there was over 100 bikes on the uh, in the quad race, and it was uh, it was awesome. It was almost like a like a uh, mini national, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was it was was wild, and the tracks, you know, got real rough, and just the way I like them, slow (laughs) slow everybody else down, slow slow all those fast guys down a little bit. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So uh, yeah, even the quad turnout was up, which is is good, um, and that's that's hard uh, around here. I don't I don't know if it's just this area or if it's quads, you know, in in general. But they're just so hard to get the turnouts for those. I think a lot of it is just because nobody's making them anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got, I guess, Yamaha still making the 450, but I know it hasn't changed in what probably the last 10 years or more. Uh, and then that's it. Nobody else is really making a 450 race quad. So you've got that, and then um, you know, they're twice as expensive because there's twice as many tires on the ground. Uh, that's what I tell people anyways, when they're, when they're wanting to get into it, I'm like, I have nothing against quads. I'm a quad guy. I raced quads at GNCC for years, but when you go to spend money, there's twice as many tires on the ground. So therefore it's twice as, it's, you know, basically twice as expensive. And I think a lot of guys see that, especially with how the economy is. Uh, and they, you know, they just switch the bikes. I know a handful of quad riders that, they hated bikes, but they just was tired of trying to find good used quads and, and piece them together and buying parts. And they said, heck with it, we'll just go buy new bikes. Yeah, that was me. That was you're, me. You're preaching to the choir over <laughs> that here. That was me. I, uh, like me and Cooper, yeah. we ran uh, motocross for, you know, quad A motocross for years. And uh, I after that stopped and I hopped over on a bike because, man, the quad – it's double the money every weekend oh yeah and it's, it beats your body up so much more as well it I mean, does it does you know, if you fly off of a it, it's nothing to lay a dirt bike down and kind of roll off of it but if you if you fall off a quad or roll off a quad it's probably because you hit something moving pretty quickly and it stopped you so therefore you're hurting a little more than just kind of tumbling off the side of the dirt bike so like yeah. a tree yeah <laughs> yeah Rich, richie i hit a few i hit a few of your trees last year <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it stopped me pretty quick, but uh, you had some steering stem problems, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you remember? <laughs> he goes through uh, more yeah. steering stems than anybody I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I when, when I heard you broke that second one, I was like, "How in the world do you break a steering stem?" Like, <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I I was no pro quad racer by any means, but I'd raced them since I was fifteen. So basically, since you know, two thousand fourteen. Um, and I've never, I've been them, but I've never broke one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got pictures to prove it. Uh, 
the last one that I broke when when you guys had to tow me out, uh, it was it was pretty well snapped in half. So, <laughs> I, I don't know how I did it either. <laughs> Speaking of uh, towing out, it, that's probably another uh, thing you got to uh, tie into with your events because there's so many other more bikes and more quads, uh, more breakdowns or more accidents, and you have to worry about getting them all out of the track and 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 all that stuff too, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Getting you guys towed in and out um, with more racers, obviously you tow more in and out, and, and it all depends on track too. If we have a real rocky track, of course we're towing more quads in. Um, it, I mean, I'm sure we've seen an increase in it this year. Uh, and will we just try to stay on top of it? I know this year we tried to pull them. In years past, we would kind of wait till basically the last lap or the race was over, and then all three or four of us would just run out and try to get everything pulled in and. <clears throat> And now this, you know, last year, um, we were trying to stay on top of it and get guys pulled in actually during the race. We'd have our, our bike guys, our sweep guys out on bikes. Uh, and when they would say, Hey, there's one broke at the four to five, whatever we would, if they was easy to get to, we'd try to get down in there and get them during the race. So we didn't have as many to pull out at the end of the race, but yeah, more bikes, obviously you do have more breakdowns and more tailings and that could be a real pain sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, what about the, uh, the, the mini bikes and, and, uh, maybe some people want to get out and get their kids out into it. Uh, the micros and, and they start, are they first or is it the, what, what comes first yeah. in the morning? The, the mini bikes come first. Uh, we race those at eight. We, we start their parade lap. I go over there and start talking to them. And I try to get their parade lap started at seven forty-five, And then we try to get their race started at eight. And that's, that's tough. Uh, especially with the new guys and the, uh, early in the morning like that once that race gets going and we get those two going usually we can stay on schedule the rest of the day um but those those first two races in the morning once we get behind on those it's usually it's kind of downhill snowball effects <laughs> the rest of the evening um but yeah we start those in the morning um and all that stuff's on our website uh for anybody that's new they can jump on the website it's got i mean tons of information on it how how long are the tracks usually for the micro guys i try to keep them right around a mile um you I usually add a mile to mile to like 1.1 1, 1, 1. 1.2. Um, I used I used to when we when we first started it or not when we first started but about three years ago I used to make them longer and add it. I used to push for a mile and a half to a little more. Um, and at one race it wasn't going to happen. And I told the guys on the starting line I was like, look, I can only squeeze a mile out. I'm sorry, you know, yada yada yada. And we ran the race and they loved it. And the parents was like, Oh no, we like the short tracks because we get to see our rider more and it, it makes the racing you know, a little closer and the guys are battling out and this and that. Like we like the short tracks, like the short tracks. And I'm like, okay. So from now on, I try to keep them right at a mile, you know, maybe a couple tenths over or whatever, depending on the lay of the land. Awesome. Good deal. So, uh, going into the 2021 season, uh, you know, I've gotten a chance to look at the schedule a little bit. What's one of the rounds that, you know, you're as a track builder that you're most excited to go to? Like, what do you get excited for when you look at, uh, like, the lay of the land and and uh, what track really sticks out in your mind? Um, honestly, this is, this is probably going to sound bad. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily have a favorite. And, and honestly, I, I like tracks we've raced before um, versus a new track just because I already know the lay of the land. I already know what the terrain is like. I know what's underneath the topsoil. Um, and so I've got a better idea of what we can do and what we can't do as far as track. Um, so a place, you know, a place like Marvin's, obviously it's rocky out there. I know that. I know you're not going to get out of the rock. 
but I know, <laughs> you know, where where to go to, to try to avoid the most draw. Places like that that I've run before, I, I almost like, you know, I like more because the new one, you don't know. Um, once you get down underneath, you don't know what's underneath that first six, eight inches of topsoil. Uh, it could be red clay. It could be nothing but shelly rock. So, you don't know going in if you lay out an awesome track and it turns the crap after the first lap, you know, you're, you're stuck with it by then. So you have to just run it. So almost like a, a, an old one, uh, or not necessarily an old one, but something I've run before just cause I'm more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, more familiar, you know, not only just the, the terrain, like you said, the lay of the land, um, fast ways in and out of the woods for, for riders that are broke down or hurt or whatever. Um, so for me, I, I, I kind of like one that I've already been to before. I know it. I know the. I know if I run essentially the same track I had the year before, you know, as far as length, it'll be long enough. Um, if I go, you know, I take off and go to this property line and then come back to this property line and back to the center, I already know. Well, that's kind of how I done it last year, so my length is going to be there. I'm not out tripping everything, making sure the length's long enough. Uh, so new tracks can kind of be challenging. Um, you know, we looked at a new one Saturday. It's at an off-road park. Um, It'll be nice. It'll be a little rocky. Uh, actually, down there, since it is an off-road park, we already kind of know what the train's like. You know, they've already got it spun up, and I've got Jeep trails all over it. So that one will be a little easier. Uh, that'll be cool for the guys. Uh, quad and bikes. Uh, it'll be down. If if the deal works out, it'll be down down south there. Um, so. Okay. Nice. 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 Yeah, we uh, – <clears throat> I tell you, one thing that I've always noticed about your tracks is, is, is they flow like really well, and and I really like the uh, the tight the tight technical terrain. Um, I feel like that's where, you know, you're able to get a lot of separation in in you know the skill levels, and and that's where that's where a lot of guys are able to make up time and and versus you know losing time. And maybe I'm just older, <laughs> and I don't like the 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 going wide open uh, thing. But I like the 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 different um, types of sections that you that you've offered uh, in the past. It just seems like there's always such a good flow to that. It, now, how do you like? What do you look for the most when you're looking to try to put flow into a track? Because uh, like I try to build tracks at my at my house, and they never come out like that. <laughs> right. You know, honestly, um, you're you're right there. That that first, I'm gonna touch on that first part there about the stuff being tighter and technical. You know, I hear it all the time that our tracks are tough, tough. They're too tough. They're too tough. Um, you know, and and honestly, I don't feel that they're too tough. Um, that's what I grew up riding. That's what my brother grew up riding. And, and I'm talking back when we was on you know KTM 65. I feel like. The youth tracks that we grew up on riding back then were twice as tough as the youth tracks that I built for these guys. Um, so you're, you are right thinking that it is, you know, a little bit tighter, a little bit more technical, and that's the stuff I put in there. Two reasons. One, uh, it slows everybody down. You know, it's kind of, a, it's kind of like mud. It's, you know, they say mud's the, the great, great nullifier, however you say it. It, mm-hmm. it slows everybody down. Um, and not only that, I don't like field sections for two reasons. A, they're hard to put together. They're hard to keep together. You know, you got to drive all those stakes, put all those errors on them, drive T-post in the corners to make the guys, you know, turn around, S-turn through, and that's fine. But then you have to keep all that stuff up a whole entire day. You know, if a guy runs over an inside marking post, well, now that inside turn's not there, so the next guy, he's going to straight shoot it and basically cheat it. So they're just kind of a pain to keep together. You you know, that's like a – I had some guys approach me about wanting to do like a full-gas sprint enduro-style field sections, and I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't have enough manpower. 
and our riders, our riders are not disciplined enough to stay between the arrows and the ribbon and not just swipe out all the stakes on the first lap. <laughs> like, it's, I don't think it's a good idea right now. And then the other thing is speed. I don't like guys going fast. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. always scared to death. I'm going to get somebody hurt. So I try not to, I try to run as minimal field sections as I can. And it's usually just for pitting. Um, or obviously if I have to go across the field to get to the next section of woods, um, you'll see me, I'll go straight across them, you know, cause you can put two or three stakes up with arrows and then you can put arrows on the wood line. And you just go straight. Or if I do S turn something, I try to have a natural obstacle out there, you yeah. know, a tree, bush whatever sometimes we have to make our own off school with some hay bales some tires and stuff out there to keep guys honest but yeah they're, they're more tight and technical um and as far as flow like you were talking about honestly i don't think about it when i'm out there um i just kind of do it and I, I do in the back of my mind think is this something i would want to race like would i have a good time going around the track that's that's honestly all i think about i don't think oh this this doesn't flow right or that doesn't flow right like Honestly, I just kind of go out and build it, and, you know, if we can ride, me and my buddies, we ride the 420 Ranchers. That's what we track marshal with and build track with, and we'll we'll burn a couple of laps as fast as we can on them, just kind of goofing off there on a Friday or Saturday, and, you know, if it's fun to us, then we're like, if it's fun on a freaking utility floor, it'll be fun on a dirt bike and a race squad. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's about it. You know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, try to go out and purposely lay out, you know, a real flowy track or a real tight and technical track. Um, sometimes just the lay of the land, sometimes stuff's more tight and technical because what's there, you know, how tight the woods are, how rocky they are, what have you. Uh, other times they're more wide open, like the Kaiser races. Uh, and then those races, you're just trying to get them through the woods, uh, you know, without making a bunch of hairpin turns where they're going to want to cut to the inside corner. Uh, you try to do just nice gradual turns. This way they're going to want to stay where the track is marked. Uh, and that, that, you know, turns out to be a nice flurry track when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know when I ran your series there a couple of years ago, all, all the events, uh, I always said that I was like, man, it's like, it seems like it's always rough and, uh, a lot of bottlenecks. I always hated those daggone <laughs> bottlenecks, but I, I started back in like C class, you know, Gotta start in the front, yeah. Brandon. Gotta start in the front if you don't want bottlenecks. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I try not to dog on anybody, but you don't necessarily have to start in the front to get out of the bottlenecks. You just have to start in front of the sea line. That's exactly, exactly. I mean, and I don't, and honestly, like I said, I'm not trying to dog on sea riders because honestly, if we started 42 A riders and, and a mile into the track, there was a gnarly hill climb. I mean, they'll be bottlenecked. You know I mean? The bottleneck won't be as bad, but they're still <laughs> going to be bottlenecked because you just can't force that many guys on the first lap when the adrenaline's high and everybody's wanting to go. You just can't force them into, you know, something gnarly, whether it be downhill, uphill, rock section, whatever. You're just not going to get them all through there clean, yeah. you know, because like I said, adrenaline's pumping and nerves are up and, and, you know, and it doesn't take anything for one guy to make a little mistake, stall his bike, not get it started right away. And before you know it, it's, it's snowball effect where it's just, oh, it's man. backed up for, you know, couple tenths of a mile it's brutal for the bike guys you go out there and one guy messes up or if you mess up and by the time you're picking your bike up someone else is hitting you in the back and then they're falling down yeah. and they're falling down <laughs> it's just like quad guys i don't know how the quad guys feel but man the bike guys they, they have no patience like if you're in their way they're running yeah. you over to get to the top or uh, over a section it's crazy <laughs> oh, oh you- no, we, we we see it when we're out there like trying to help relieve the bottleneck or just trying to help with a nasty situation yeah some of the guys and they got no patience, and in the end of the day, or the end, 
it, it just hurts them because now instead of them just waiting the extra five seconds for that guy to pick his bike up or for that guy to start it and have the good line open again, he takes a you know real crappy line and now he's buried in the mud or he's laid over <laughs> on the side of the hill. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it just it blows my mind that some guys they just got no patience. And I understand it's a race. I mean I've been there. You know when when me and my brother raced, uh, my dad always told me you don't sit in line, you find a line. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, but you know, but on some occasions, it's a lot quicker to just sit there, wait for the dude to get the bike off the track or start or whatever, and then hit the nice line that he's blocking versus going 20 feet off the track trying to find an alternate and getting hung up. Oh yeah, yeah. See multiple multiple times in the woods. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you guys all, you guys probably already have it. Uh, uh, kind of marked out in your head like this is pro- a probable section for a bottleneck and you guys are already there you know have staff that are waiting and ready um, you, when you've had to direct like when you've had to cut lines out and direct it around mid-race I've always like thought as a promoter and as a track builder that's probably got to be stressful a stressful time like cutting a section out during a race uh, yeah you haven't had to I don't think you I don't remember a situation during the quad race last year that that you had to do it, uh, um, but no. uh, but I, I've seen that done before, and I've always thought, man, that has to be a stressful situation. Yeah, it is. It's you know, it's like the last resort. It's you know, the last thing we ever do. If it's the sections completely gone to crap, and there's no way through it or around it, you know, that's kind of the last thing. And and there's different occasions like. There'll be occasions that I'll ride the track as I'm laying it out or putting areas up, and I, I don't feel that there'll be a bottleneck. Like, I don't feel there'll be a problem there. But, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like I said, I've been racing since 14. So I just naturally, I'm like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. But then my other guys that show up on Saturday and we burn a couple laps, and they're like, that ain't going to work. I'm like, huh? They're like, that will not work. Like, there will be a bottleneck right here, I promise you. And I'm like, okay. So if, if time and situation allows it, we'll go ahead and build an alternate. And we'll have it ribboned and arrowed, and then we will send somebody there the day of the race. And if it goes, you know, if the obstacle goes to complete crap and it's impassable, all they have to do is run over, pull the ribbon, and start directing people the other way. Um, usually they, they yell for me first for me to come down and do it. This way I kind of have the final say in it because we, we like to try to do it right when the leaders are coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this way, this way you don't have, you're not doing it mid class, like midway through the B class when you've got, you know, the guy that's the second place is stuck in the mud hole and you just let the fifth place guy go around him, right. you know, out the easy way. So we try to wait till it's beginning of the lap when the pros are coming around or we know they're getting close, you know, we'll go ahead and do it. Um, but there's tons of different situations, you know, that doesn't always happen. Uh, this year, the bikes, we had to do it down in Elkins, uh, and it was, it was a disaster. Like it was a complete, complete mess. And it was at the worst spot in the track. Like there was no, there was no alternate. There was this hill climb and I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Uh, we'd read it on fullers. It was pretty slick on fullers. And I should have known when it was slick on a full drive fuller that it was going to be really slick for a C bike rider. And it just, it, it fell to pieces. And when I got there, it was like, Total chaos. I mean, there was people not even on our property anymore that was, you know, trying to find our <laughs> ways around this hill. People going backwards on the track, just trying to get back to the pits so they could quit. It was just like total chaos. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, I cut it out. It was funny. I'm sure there's GoPro out there. I just stood up atop the hill and told everybody to listen to me and follow me and <laughs> jumped on the floor. And we literally rode back out 
uh, a gas well, gravel road. And, and the bad thing was it was we had to actually cross the track two times to get to get the go around. So as we're going back across the track, the other riders are looking at us like, what in the world are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> it, it was just, it, it was pretty, it was pretty hairy. Um, and luckily it happened on like, I think the pros would have been coming around for their third lap. Uh, I think they'd already been through there twice. Maybe, yeah, I'm always positive. They was getting ready to hit it for their third lap. And we got it all kind of situated. And it, and it did mess up some guys' results, you know, and we tried to adjust lap time uh, and fix stuff here and there where, where you can. But, but when you got a situation like that, it's kind of like, you know, you just got to take it and, you know, move on to the next one. Most of the times you do it early enough in the race like that, um, if you're faster than the guy, it's going to show. You know, if, if you're if you're winning the B class and the go around fall or the section falls apart and you have to put a go around and the guy tenth place gets ahead of you, by the end of the race you're probably going to test that tenth place guy and get back around him. You know what I mean? Because he's obviously slower than you. If that's you know that's how you're running all year long. Right. Uh, so usually they, you know what I'm saying? Usually they work their way out once if you can do it early in the in the race. You know, first, second, or third lap. Um, by the end of a two-hour race, it usually works itself out where the fast guys are back up towards the front and the slower guys have, you know, got back to where they are normally at. Um, but, yeah, it can be it can be hectic. And, and honestly, um, it, it's always bikes. We never have problems with quads, and I tell the quad riders that all the time down the starting line. I'm like, we literally will take stuff out for bikes and turn around and put it back in for quads. Because <laughs> you think it'd be the other you way know around. I mean? you got, yeah, you well, there's so many more bike riders. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. You have so many more you have so many more opportunities for people to stall or to fall over. Um, and then the quads, they don't fall over. You know, what I mean, you get going up the side of a hill, you're not just going to fall over and lay there. I mean, we, we have so many bike riders that they'll fall over and then they can't pick their bike back up when it's on the side of the hill. Like, yeah. they just want to stand there and look at it. And we're like, you have to get it out of the way so the guys yeah. that can get up the hill can go. Quads, it doesn't happen. You know, you guys either pull the front wheels off the ground and roll it back to the bottom, or you spin out and you drift it back to the bottom. But either way, you're back. You know what I mean? Nine yeah. times out of ten, yeah. you're not in the middle of the track. Plus, you guys have, you know, two 10-inch wide tires back there spinning and pawing versus one, you know, six-inch tire. So you guys have a lot more traction as well. Right. Um, so we we all the time, and even for the kids, the, the youth foolers and the youth bikes, we'll take stuff out for youth bikes and we'll put it back in for the youth quad because, you know, it's it's better. The quads will be able to get around it. And I, I don't think that happened anywhere this year where I did not put something back in for the youth quads. We or the adult quads. I'm sorry. We usually always put it back in. Um, I mean, there might have been a time this year where it was just completely, you know, devastated. But usually we always just put it back in for the quads because less of you guys, more traction, and like I always tell you guys, you can't fall over. So <laughs> if we do, it's usually pretty violently. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, I got a funny story. So we were up in, I think it was the first Kaiser race of the season. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> we were standing here looking at this hill climb that's right behind the starting line. And it was like a... It was like a like a ninety, right? And you came out of a creek bottom and had to go straight up. And I was kind of looking. I was like, "Huh, that might be a little bit weird not getting a run for it." And before the race starts, I'm just standing there, and all of a sudden Richie comes through on on a quad and just goes right up. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess you can do it." And he came to tell us, "Like, hey guys, I just did that on a uh, with a flat tire, so you guys shouldn't have any problems." I was like, oh, "Okay, cool, thanks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of guys they, they they let that stuff psych them out, and you know we see it time and time again. Um, 
momentum. You know, these guys, dirt bikes or fours, they pull up right to the edge of a mud hole oh, or yeah. right to the bottom of a hill climb, stop, look at it, and then just want to grab grab a handful and try to get up. And I'm like, no, like, you're done. <laughs> like, once you stopped, you might as well turn around and go back. Like, And that's what I try to tell guys. I'm like, a little bit of momentum, a little bit of wheel speed, it goes, it goes so far. <laughs> it does. And that's what I was, a couple of them guys, they was deviling me there at that little hill climb coming out of that creek. Uh, I pulled down in there with my utility floor, and there's like, go up it, go up it, go up it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going up it on this utility floor. Like, there ain't no way. And I don't think they knew I had a race quad laying there. And I run over and grabbed it and threw the helmet on. And I was like, I can get up across that. And if I can't, then you guys will know because you're all staying there watching me. <laughs> and, I mean, it was like effortlessly. Like, I just rolled up. I rolled up into the turn as, basically as fast as I could. And as soon as I started up it, I kind of burped the throttle a couple times, and that was it. I was back out of the throttle and just kind of coasting the rest of the way to the top. That's one of my biggest things. Is I love the hill climb, and you'll never see me hardly on the throttle at the top of the hill climb because tires catch traction and you're coming over you know the front end's coming over i'm one of guys i'll get as much speed at it as i can and just kind of burp the throttle a couple times going off you know going up it and then be done there's no use to be wide open trying to climb the face of it because if it catches traction you know it's it's coming over backwards on you i try to explain that to riders but they look at me like i don't know what i'm talking about i just lay out the tracks i don't know how to ride them so we get that all the time too they don't realize zach's you know run xc2 for the last five or six years on and off and they look at him like you can't go up that you gotta come out <laughs> okay. and show him show him who's boss oh, every yeah. once in a while <laughs> and he gets on their he gets on their bikes and you know right up it and they're just kind of looking at him like how'd you do that you know and i understand the younger generation that doesn't realize you know kind of who zach is you know we've been riding for years and years and years so this stuff's not new to us <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> are you uh are you guys doing to do the um <clears throat> I see you like do like some like Facebook live uh, footage of the race. Are you guys doing that again this year? Or? Yeah, we're going to try to. Um, actually, I just got a new battery for the drone. Uh, we're going to try to do all the starts from the drone right to Facebook live if we can get it to work. We have we have an older drone. Uh, I don't know what it is, like a three or a four or something, something older. I don't know. I don't fool with it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to try to do all the all the starts live to Facebook. Uh, and then my, my media guy, Richard, he's going to take his, uh, his phone and go to Facebook live out in the woods and some spots like he did back in 19. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of, he done it 19 and I know guys loved it. And then I kind of pulled him from that job and I was going to have him work the podium this year. And then when the podium stuff kind of fell through and we weren't, we weren't allowed to do it. Um, we didn't, we didn't stick him back out in the woods. He kind of just helped us pull in guys. Um, so I already talked to him there at the banquet this year and I'm like, no, get back to the live stuff. Guys loved it. And then if there's a track we don't have service on where we can't upload the stuff, you know, no big deal. You can just ride the floor and help us pull guys in as they break down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, I know uh, in 2019 when I'd go on and see it on live, I was like, oh, man, wish I was there. <laughs> so uh, that attracts a lot of people, you know, stuff like that. Just, you know, social media is huge. So, uh, and you guys yeah. are doing a great job with the – Facebook page, uh, you know, constantly posting, reminding people when the season starts and and uh, what's going on and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Richie, we're really uh, uh, looking forward to the season this year that you guys have planned and the tracks that you guys have laid out for for everybody. And uh, like we said, man, awesome job with uh, uh, with last year, and then we're sure more to come this year as well. Uh, looking forward to the turnout that you guys have in the in the opening round, and uh, 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 you know, all the best luck to you guys this season. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping we have another great 2021 season. You know, we've got 
two, three new tracks. Uh, the third one's not on the schedule yet. It'll be the May 9th one. I'm just waiting on confirmation. Uh, that actually, if that one works out, um, it'll actually be there in Summersville at the Good Evening Ranch. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember when Gene C was there back in, uh, I think it was 05. Yeah. 05 or 06. I think they only raced it once or maybe twice. Um, it's, it's, you know, been it, a while ago. It, go ahead. Pretty, it's pretty rough down there if I remember right. I think it's pretty yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty rocky. Um, the trails we were on, though, Saturday, they were pretty nice. I mean, a few rocky spots here and there, but nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Um, it, the, the property's changed hands a couple times, and now uh, with the new owner, the current owner, they're wanting to really get into more Jeep and Jeep trails, rock crawling stuff. Um, they approached us about having a race, so we was down there all day Saturday, you know, checking the facility out, trying to basically work us out a deal. Um so if that comes through, that'll be where we're at for our May 9th race. That'll, that'll complete the schedule, essentially. Is the remnants so. of the old motocross track still there, or do they tear it down? It is, so it is still there, uh-huh. um, but when the property switched hands, that piece got sold separately. Oh, okay. And the current owner, um, he does not own it. He's actually, he told me he's tried to purchase it a couple times off the people that own it, but they don't want to sell. Um, <laughs> so it's still there. When you come in, you can still, it's, it's a pasture field right now. Yeah. When I went into it, you know, I was like I said, back in 05, um, so I was 15 and I, I was like, when we come into the blacktop, I was like, there was a motocross track here somewhere. And I looked over <laughs> and all we could see were the towers with the lights on them. Oh, okay. and, yeah. and, ca- and cows everywhere and i was like well that's where the motocross track was <laughs> yeah. and of course the jumps are like you can still see where the turns and stuff like that was you can still see the majority of it i think they i don't know if they leveled all the jumps out or just the cows walking all over and they've kind of right. you know what i mean smashed down but yeah this, it's still there you can see remnants of it as you pull in yeah, yeah. brandon and i used to race a little bit of motocross out there I'm, i the only thing i really remember that sticks out about that place brandon you probably remember is is they had two huge tabletops back to back yeah it was yeah, fun it was a good so. place to ride <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah i never i never raced on it so i knew it was there but that was all i could remember <laughs> being there that was it yeah is there uh anything for signups that you want to talk to the people about maybe for listening um yeah, they could, uh, pre-registration's been open. It's open two weeks before the race, and this year we have the cart function, so you can sign up for uh, multiple rounds at a time. I have six open right now, the first six rounds. You can sign up for all six. Uh, you can also sign up more than one rider, so if you have a family, you know, there's two or three of you that race, you can go in there and sign two or three people up for one race, or you can sign you know, all three up for all six rounds and just do it all at one time and be done with it and not have to worry about it the rest of the year. Uh, that's open and going. Um, the other thing is just the website, just, you know, people really, really need to look at the website. Uh, you know, Facebook is great for promoting. Um, but I, I feel like there's not enough people going to the website cause I still have message after message after message <laughs> about what time. I mean, literally there's been, there has been three this weekend and they've all been, what time does this start? How much is it to get in the gate? When's the first race? When's the next race? Like all this stuff, you, you know, and, and I'm trying not to be rude to people, but I just tell them like, you have to go to our our website like yes i know the answers to those questions but you need to go to the website because there is so much detailed information on it i mean how to put transponders on how to put your barcode you know all this great information that right racers really need to be paying attention to is on there so that's why we try to try to kind of force everybody to the website i'm I'm real close to like turning off the facebook messenger on the on the page (laughs) to kind of of for you know we'll answer any question you have it's a it's a legitimate question that you know you're you're unsure of we'll answer it no problem uh but it just 
you know, for me to stop, for me to literally get out of the dozer in the middle of the racetrack and answer a question about, oh, it's $10 to get in the gate. Like, just go to the website. <laughs> like, all the information <laughs> is on there, and it's tons of stuff on there. So that was the one thing I really wanted to try to drive into people was website. And then pre-registration, like I said, the first two rounds, you guys know from much quad riders at the end of the day, so it's usually not as bad. But for bike riders, you know, these first two rounds, can sometimes you can wait in line an hour. Right. So as long as you've raced with us before, you have to race with us before to have all your information. Um, but as long as you race with us before, you can get on pre-register. Um, okay. So that obviously will speed up registration. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, hey, Richie, we appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Like I said, really looking forward to the season this year and uh, everything you guys have going on. Um, awesome series like we said if you guys haven't before make sure you check out the mountain state hair scramble series um and like we said their first race is this week and go to the website <laughs> and check <laughs> it out <laughs> all right richie thanks for coming on buddy we really appreciate your time today awesome no problem thank you guys thank you, right, man. man. we'll talk to you later all right guys that was richie nolan on the line uh mountain state hair scramble series make sure you guys go to the website and check that out if you're interested uh Honestly, anybody that really wants to get into hair scramble, GNCC style racing, that's a place perfect to place to start. Yeah. Perfect yeah. place to start. Um, it's really a good way to get into the sport. And uh, I tell you what, once you get into that that racing, you probably never want to leave. Yeah. Because um, you know a lot of the GNCC guys on their off weekends will go to these Mountain State hair scramble yeah. races. Uh, like Adam McGill, he's there. Pretty much last year, he was there almost enough to to be in, in points points, points yeah. consideration. So yeah. it's it's an awesome place uh, to get your teeth wet. Is that how you say it? <laughs> to cut your teeth. Cut your teeth. There you yeah. go. Wow. Your teeth wet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, shoot, no, it's, a, <laughs> it's an awesome place to, to get started and and to really work on your skills. Yeah. Uh, it, it develops a good skill set. Those tight technical tracks that Richie was talking about is a good way to good way to learn. Um, let's go to GNCC racing. <laughs> Teeth wet. Geez. Teeth wet. I tell you. Uh, you ready for some GNCC racing? I'm ready. Are you ready? How how ready are you, Brandon? I'm ready. I'm going to ask you one more Brandon, time. Brandon, how Big ready Buck. are you? Are you ready? I'm very ready. To go GNCC racing! Ten seconds. And row number one, the XC1 Pro will be off and rolling at our VP's Big Buck GNCC. Love it. Love it. Chewie. Hey, we're going to be having the special guest, special guest come on the line to help us with this one as well. But uh, uh, just real quick, man, what a quad race on Saturday. Yeah. And then Stu Baylor just showing dominance yeah. <laughs> on, uh, on Sunday. Um, he was in seventh the first lap and then – after that. After that, checked out. Yeah, gone. So, uh, but yeah. Um, do you know anybody good that would help be able to help us with uh, coming on? Yeah. And, I, and I helping think he, us? I think he was at the races this weekend, actually. He may have been there. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, but I think he was there as well. Guys, we're going to have Mikey Waynes join us and uh, help us break down this GNCC weekend and what he's kind of noticed over the first three rounds of GNCC racing. And uh, I tell you, He's going to be a good person to help out for sure. Oh, yes. All right. Hang on, guys. We're going to get Mikey Waynes on the line now. All right, guys. As promised, Mikey Waynes on the line to join us to talk about some GNCC racing. Uh, Mikey uh, was able to kind of squeeze in some time for the uh, podcast after 
a grueling couple of weeks of uh, uh, two, yes, two straight <laughs> weekends of GNCC <laughs> racing. Mikey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, we're, oh, doing, we're doing pretty good, man. man. We're doing uh, life's a little easier up here for us. We we uh, just kind of sit at home and watch. <laughs> you get to watch when our live view actually works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it happens. Hey, it, it it happens. But I tell you what, man, that racer TV coverage is second to none. I mean, you guys are dealing with almost no service at these places just out in some cow pasture. I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, it's pretty awesome that you guys are able to do uh, what you do. And Brandon and I have said before, like, we wouldn't be able to have this podcast and be able to cover the sport as well if it wasn't for you guys. So we appreciate well, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. It's uh, I, don't, I honestly personally don't know how they do it. I Like, I show up on Fridays. It's pretty well all set up. And then uh, I set up a few speakers and, and get on the microphone and then – from there it's it's all uh it's the show it's it is difficult um there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes folks don't see but um no excuses for our round one this year and we all we tried to come out swinging in round two and round three um it was technical stuff that was just out of our control but we were all very bummed in the moment and i know everybody at home was bummed and I can just promise everyone out there that we were cussing and as frustrated as everyone else, but <laughs> I think we got it corrected and I think we're money now. So we should be good. Maybe a few technical things here and there, but nothing like what round one was. Yeah. I mean, the listens that you guys are, I mean, a lot of the listens, but the the viewers that you guys are getting on there is insane. Is it like oh, 33,000 or something like that? Yeah. So cool. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. It's, <laughs> it's been big. It's good. It's good for the sport. Very good. Did you guys add cameras? as well uh this year because i feel like i'm seeing more the last the, round the last round the last too. round they added cameras i, I feel like they did i had to because yeah. like I, I felt like man we're actually seeing the leaders a lot we're, we were able to see a lot of the race I, it was pretty awesome yeah it was um i mean I, I can't remember the the exact number um as far as camera operators we've got the big difference is the drone the drone is mm -hmm. like a lifesaver for everybody um and that I mean, that flat out a game changer. It, it takes away a lot of that time where we're like, okay, we're at mile marker eight and we're waiting on leaders. And I guess Rodney and I are going to talk about what we had for breakfast because we're just <laughs> going to sit here and wait for a while. So, um, yeah, the drone has been a blessing. Um, and we got to see, I mean, you guys saw it on Racer TV. It, um, we got to see it, it, it really breaking things down for Walker Fowler and Bryson Neal and yeah. getting stuck behind lappers and, um it is a bird's eye view it would be nice if we could be right on top of them but of course you know those georgia pines and, and florida pines kind of prevent that but that's okay we'll take it i mean i mean honestly though we've been able to see more racing than ever before and and like i'm sitting at home on the edge of my seat watching uh walker fowler and bryson neal just just putting on a clinic and uh yeah. it was really st like a stellar race to to watch uh let's just dive into that race um actually let's dive into the quads um first and foremost uh you've been f there firsthand to watch these guys kind of duke it out for the first three rounds obviously bryson won the uh opening round uh pretty dominating fashion and then walker comes in swinging and uh, uh goes too straight uh um What's your thoughts on, on what we've seen this season so far between those two particularly? And uh, we've had some standout races uh, from, from others as well, such as Hunter Hart. Uh, these guys are really up in their level and, and, and bringing the race to Walker, and I'm sure Walker's inviting it as well. 
Yeah, Walker Walker welcomes the challenge, and I know everybody watching kind of welcomes it too. I love I love Walker. I love seeing him win, and I've said it oftentimes that it's one of those things we don't all as fans appreciate a guy winning all the time. It gets old, but years years from now we'll be like, man, I was there. I was watching Walker Fowler when he's ripping off wins. But hundred um, yeah, Bryson. Yeah. Bryson is is rolling right now, and he is riding at a level that is just not even human at times. Mm-hmm. Um, is that always a great thing? I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason he had the breakdown in round two. Um, so maybe sometimes when he's going 100 miles an hour, he might maybe need to slow it down to 95 miles an hour. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the guy on the machine, but that's just kind of – you know, the things I've heard from not necessarily out of his mouth, but some folks around him, uh, but he'll get that dialed in. The thing that kind of, I don't, I don't want to say worries me for him, but Walker Fowler rarely, rarely, rarely has a mechanical failure, mm-hmm. rarely has a DNF. So Bryson knows as well as anybody like, okay, I did, I had a DNF in round two. I got to go out and click off wins now because most likely Walker's not going to have that mistake. You know, it's rare he even finishes off the podium. So Bryson now has his hands full. He's kind of in that same situation to me that Stu Baylor is over on the on the two-wheel side of things of like, all right, I, I can't focus too much on how far I am behind in points. I just need to go out and get wins and maximize, you know, start chipping away. Get the ax out, start chipping away, and uh, take that deficit down. Yep, every yeah. single race. And, and – and it shows, like, you see the uh, sense of urgency from him, uh, from Bryson, that is. Uh, and, and it, you know, for fans, it's fun to watch. It is, it is yeah. really fun to watch for sure. Um, uh, you know, going into this last round that we, that we just had, Bryson was coming with such a head of steam. And oh, yeah. I thought the way that he was coming, I was like, oh, man, when he gets to Walker, he's going to pass him and leave him. But it seemed like when he got to Walker, Walker stepped it up that much more and yeah. just, you know, showed that he wasn't putting all of his cards on the table just yet until Bryson got there. Um, and it just shows that even at those speeds and the just the, oh man, the, uh, the, the high levels of racing that these guys are at, they're still playing a chess match, which is, is unbelievable to me. Yeah, they're- yeah, for sure. Walker, I mean, Walker does it better than anybody out there right now as far as getting up. He likes to get up front early. He likes to set the pace of the race, um, you know, that away for the, that first hour and a half, however long, you know, the laps are. He can kind of cruise. He can hit his marks, hit his lines, and then that last half hour or so, whatever the last lap is, that's when he can turn it on and really start pulling away from those guys. But Bryson is staying with them and, and, and oftentimes in front of them. And sometimes if it weren't for some fans that want to throw some fists interjecting, <laughs> maybe we get to see that battle come down to the wire. I was, oh, I was just getting ready to say, you think uh, Walker can take a hit and keep on rolling pretty much? <laughs> I, obviously. Wow, man. Oh, my you. God. What a that story was that was. Um, I don't. It wasn't on Racer TV, right? Because at no. that point, I had to head to the, the finish. No, it wasn't. No, what we so, got to watch was was basically you getting um, Walker and Bryson's take on what had happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were they they calmed down a lot by the time we got a mic. I tried to put the mic in his mouth earlier, and everybody's like, uh, "Maybe we should give him a minute." Um, I'm not. I've never seen Walker so upset. I can put it to you that way. And in five years of talking to him. 
post-race. Um, I've never seen them that heated. Um, and I, I, and I wasn't there. I don't know all the details and I know they've worked it out since, um, you know, and everything's kind of smoothed over, but, um, yeah, from what I understand, they kind of, him and, uh, Bryson kind of came together, ended up in a bit of a mud hole or stuck behind a tree. Uh, whatever the case was, Bryson needed to go backwards to get out. Walker went forward. Uh, guy's wife kind of fell in between them. Heat of the moment, the guy thought like, oh my God, this guy's running over my wife. And from what I understand, it was their first GNCC. Oh, They'd gosh. never been to a GNCC. Oh God. <laughs> um, they were watching and, and this, not to defend them, but Bryson and Walker were like, hey, come help us, come help us. And they just kind of stood there like deer in the headlights. Yeah, yeah. In their defense, if it's their first, you know, off-road race, they're probably thinking, well, one, I don't know who these guys are. Uh, they're probably pro guys, but I don't want to help them because what if I interfere with the race and, and what if I get in trouble? So yeah, they don't realize yet that in that moment, hey, you guys just graduated to mud flea status. Get in there and help them. <laughs> so, Not only did they graduate to mud flea status, I mean – how random is it that two people that have never been to a GNCC race get put in that position to help the oh, leaders get in and out of a mud hole? I mean, that's just like like the perfect storm, is it not? <laughs> yeah, that that perfect description, perfect storm, is it? And then the the irony. I don't know if you guys saw, but the irony that after round two, when Walker picked up the win in his post race interview, he says. Um, in round one, going back to that, he said, I kind of got punched in the jaw <laughs> and he was, you know, speaking metaphorically and he's like, that's what I needed, um, to come out here and do what I need to do. So then in, in the, in the pre-race on, uh, for the Georgia round last weekend, Rodney and I are talking kind of previewing the race. And I said, I quoted Walker. I said, well, you know, he, he said he got punched in the jaw and that's what he needed. So I'll be danged if I don't get a message. <laughs> of a video clip of me at the beginning of the race yesterday and they're like this is your fault you put this out of the universe this is why it happened <laughs> so everybody out there i'm sorry that might be on me well it was kind of funny because um uh whenever we were watching the race on uh, racer tv when they were going through the pits almost side by side and and you guys were going crazy in the booth um I posted that video on our Instagram and I said, have you ever seen two heavyweights <laughs> slug it out to the bitter yeah. end or something like that? And then I, then I had to kind of, uh, uh, at the end of that, I was like, Hey Walker, this, uh, uh, my comments did not age very well. <laughs> right. Yeah. It age, it ages about as well as a, a politician's tweets. Like <laughs> so bad, so bad. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, going forward though, I mean, we're, let's just talk about there's going to be like like not physical fights but fight these two are going to fight on the track all year long and man i could not be more excited to see it um you know you could even throw cole richardson he was whenever yeah. bryson was was running down walker the cold train had hooked to bryson and was oh, yeah. running with him uh until he unfortunately had that breakdown but that's somebody that's going to be able to mix it up with them as well um uh and it's really, really, really exciting to see. Um, going forward, though, this you know this upcoming race, um, you know, you look for Bryson to come out swinging again, and then Walker just to do, you know, Walker. At this point, I say I think Walker just stays status quo, like you know what Walker has always yeah. done, because that's what works for him. Um, and, and it's just like two. Uh, 
the two different types of racing styles clash, and it's really awesome to see. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think Walker's got to do. I mean, why why change the recipe now? He's got six championships. All right, I got the points lead. I've got a couple wins now in a row. Let's go out, try to get third, uh, a third win, I should say. And if I don't, all right, try to end up on the podium and keep the points lead. Um, Bryson's, I think you're right. I think, you know, I look to see Bryson come out Camp Coker and really haul ass. Um, yeah. I think he'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he jumps out early. Um, the other thing, Bryson's not really been able to have great starts. I mean, he had the one start where he had the false start and he got held up at the uh, finish yeah. line for 15 seconds. And then him and Walker both in what turn two and uh, round one both went down and it took us an hour and a half to see those guys battling out front. But um, yeah, Bryson's getting it dialed and, and he's going to come out hungry. He knows he's got to win. Um, and back to your Cole Richardson point, he's another guy. He's got a podium in round two that he inherited. And that was his own words. He's like, I was back in my rig. Like, I thought I was done. I thought I had fourth. This isn't how I want to get a podium. And then now having the DNF after round three, I look to see Cole up there. Definitely a podium position come Camp Coker. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that always seems to be a track that really races well. So we're excited to see that for sure. Um, another person before we move on to the dirt bikes that I definitely want to touch on is what do you think of Hunter Hart coming out? And, uh, you know, this race, he finished in sixth place. I know he had a, a few issues, but uh, the first two rounds uh, being in podium position, like he, he really has shown a lot this season uh, with his growth over the offseason. Yeah, it's um, Hunter's a buddy of mine, and I, I told him the last last year I was like, "Man, come on, you gotta, we gotta start seeing you get on the podium." But it's, I don't know. There, there's this definite change of maturity in him. He's no longer the kid Hunter Hart. He's he's a grown ass man, and he's out there going doing grown ass man stuff. <laughs> um, I know he's got Steve Hatch training him, and Steve Hatch does so well training these athletes, both physically and the mental game is so huge, and he does. I don't know if there's anybody better than Steve Hatch that does it. Um, and I know Hunter Hart worked with, um, my goodness, Mark Notman. That name just escaped me for some reason. <laughs> uh, he worked with Mark Notman, the uh, mechanic for Walker Fowler, on his bike setup going into this season. So I think that's made a difference for him as well. And um, even Walker Fowler has said, Hunter Hart scares me a little bit right now. And come next season, I think he's going to scare me a lot more. So yeah, um, I think we're going to see a lot more Hunter Hart on the podiums. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him click off maybe a win or two this year. Um, but I really think 2022 uh, will really be Hunter's year. But with that said, he's definitely, I think, a top three or four guy right now. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting to see all these guys um, kind of catching on to to the way Walker has kind of uh, changed the game. And uh, it, it's really exciting to see. Uh, you know, another battle that we've seen a couple times already is the battle between uh, McClure and McGill. No. Uh, those two yep. have... Uh, knocking each other off bridges, uh, you know, running. <laughs> <laughs> those two have been really battling it out. It's, it's, it seemed to have been a fun, a fun race between those guys. Yeah, that, that's definitely, you know, McClure, I think he knows, he expects himself. He's got the, I mean, he rocks the number four on the, on the machine. So obviously he had the results last year. And I know those first two rounds were kind of frustrating for him. Uh, he actually mentioned, I don't know if he mentioned it in the TV interview or not, but he mentioned on the podium that he really didn't get to train much uh, in the off season. And so it was kind of like trial by fire, start the season and 
okay, well now I'm finally getting seat time because I'm racing. So um, I think now that they're in the groove of things, three rounds in, I look to see McClure doing some big things moving forward. And McGill, I think, is like just having fun. I know he wants mm-hmm. those podiums. I know he still thinks he can go out there and win. I think he can go out there and win. But, man, the talent's so deep. It's just tough. And, I mean, last couple of rounds, he's just he's been right there at that bubble rider position. But maybe Camp Coker, he gets it dialed. I love watching his uh, his post-race interviews. Or his, yeah. I'm sorry, his post-race uh reports and he's given yeah. all the young guys a hard a hard time about splashing through the mud holes and everything it's uh yeah <laughs> it's funny yeah, i it, love it i remember when he was the young guy uh and coming in and you know he talked about how he had to earn his uh stripe racing stripes pretty much and then now he's like the guy like come on guys come on guys we're better <laughs> yeah. than that yeah <laughs> that's, uh, that's exactly it that's it for sure so uh hey let's go on to the bike side um you know, it's you know it's pretty boring over there, isn't it, Brandon? Yeah. I mean, those guys, <laughs> those guys, you know, you know who's going to win every race, right? Yeah, you, <laughs> right, exactly. How many different leaders have we had this year? <laughs> like, like, oh 20. man, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been up there. It's been crazy. Besides um, Stu in this race, you know, we've we've had three races, three different winners, and we are darn close to having. Well, Ben Kelly kind of did. We did the same thing last same week, idea. but um, the first round, I feel like the top six, there was a different leader almost every lap. It was insane. Yeah. And um, I feel like that that first race kind of sets the tone for the season, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's yeah. what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of guys up there and a lot of guys, honestly, that I didn't expect to to be considered for race wins are just up there in podium positions and, mm-hmm. and fighting for race wins. It's awesome to see. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked on it. I mean, you can't you can't be happier for a guy like Grant Baylor taking the win in round one. Yeah, um, that that I think took everybody by surprise, even himself, even Stu. I mean, Stu wasn't racing that one. He was in the booth with us, uh, and you could tell he went from Stu went from all right, this is I'm I'm really pissed off. I'm not out there racing right now. To full blown, oh my god, my brother's gonna get his first official like real overall win. Grant yeah. does have a win. I think back what at at, at Penton three years ago or something like that was kind of an inherited win. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah. I remember that. um, So that was cool for Grant and Grant felt the pressure of running that reverse plate with the uh, points lead, even said it himself. He's like, I was kind of hoping after round two, we were, you know, in a tie for that because it just, it's in the back of his head. Like, Oh my God, I'm the points leader. So um, I don't know if Grant's ready for that pressure, but He's still sitting second in points right now and, you know, coming off to fourth place, I believe, um, you know, he's in a good position to, to make something happen. Whereas Stu, I mean, didn't race round one, a very bad round two, and then taking the win. He's in that kind of, uh, like I said, Bryson Neal position where I think Stu's got to start clicking off wins and not focus too much on the points until he can get a few wins under his belt. It's funny how you mentioned Grant, um, you know, not being 100% comfortable with the lead. That's kind of how he runs his races, though, as well. Uh, He likes to sit back and and – kind of like in that catbird seat, watch everything, and then make his move. Um, so, you know, sitting second place in points is not a bad place to be, especially, you know, you're comfortably in the points and and uh, you just kind of can do your thing. But like you said, Stu, on the other hand, uh, he's got to come out swinging, and that's that's an exciting Stu to watch because he's still in it for the for the championship, but yeah. it's a uh, – 
it's it, it's he a needs long to, road. It's a long road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and then another, another guy I kind of have my eyes on. I, I expect to start doing better toward the end of the race is Ricky Russell. Um, he's he's got these really great starts every round so far. And I just don't know if – I don't know if it's just maybe the fitness isn't there, but it seems like he's kind of fallen off a little bit at that two-hour mark. And now that he's back, he's got a few races under his belt. I look to see Ricky kind of hang with those guys a little longer and maybe start fighting for some podiums. I'd love to see it for sure. Maybe that'll happen for him uh, this next weekend. Yeah, um, we had Ricky Russell on last week on the show. We talked to him a good bit about it, and uh, he seemed like he um, – it was kind of a, like – like another thing coming back from the injury, kind of getting back in the race form. Uh, he said, you know, he was pretty much saying that uh, riding out in the trails isn't like racing. So he's trying to get back into that race yeah. form and getting used to being back out front. And uh, he definitely got the speed for sure. There's no doubt about it. Oh, that. yeah. You know what's yeah. really yeah. exciting to see about Ricky Russell is is the fact that – and you hear this in Supercross and Motocross a lot. A lot. Like the guys will say, you know – it's kind of like an underlying thing. Like if they're not ready to run up front, they don't want to start yeah. and they don't want yeah. to get up front. They want to kind of sit in the back and, you know, do their thing. If, if Ricky is in a position where he's not quite there yet with the, uh, like you said, the, the, um, uh, the physical aspect of it, he's not afraid to put himself in the front and force himself to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's an awesome thing to see. Uh, and it's exciting to watch as well. Cause like you said, he's been up front every race at some point in time or the other. And he told us last week that, you know, he was feeling good, but I think he said within one mile, he'd like wrecked and hit like six lap riders. Yeah, and something just like that. Oh, good Lord. Bent yeah. a shifter and, and all that stuff. So, uh, um, you know, stuff like that comes in, plays a factor. But, yeah, he's definitely somebody that I'm excited to see as well. Um, Man, Jordan Ashburn, that that guy is so underrated, I think. He's always put yeah. himself in great positions. And uh, uh, I think he's going to be the, the dark tail by the end of the season as long as he keeps it up. Uh, he's got the speed. He's running He's running top three most of the time this race. And uh, he's just consistent. Yeah, he got um, he actually snagged the whole shot um, in Georgia, and then um, his worst finish of the season is a sixth uh, right now. So you know he's he's doing really well. He was a guy that um, myself, Rodney Tomlin, and uh, Jason Wygant we wrote the article for Racer X about kind of who we thought. Okay, no Caleb Russell, who's going to take the championship? So we threw out some names, and I snubbed Jordan Ashburn. Rodney snubbed him. Jason Wygant snubbed him. None of us mentioned Jordan Ashburn, despite the fact that he comes into the season rocking the number three plate. Mm -hmm. I mean, third in points. And it was like, holy crap, we really did snub this guy. I feel like a, an a-hole. Like, <laughs> so I asked Jordan about it after uh, round two. And I said, is that kind of in the back of your mind, the fact that we all, all three of us? And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I read the article kind of to remind myself of you know what i want to go out and prove i want to get myself i want i want to see some love from you know racer tv and you guys and 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 social media and what have you and he's right i mean it, it's all results driven and if you're the bubble rider that's always fourth or fifth or sixth yeah you don't get the tv interview you don't get like the spotlight on on the uh, social media with gncc once he starts clicking off those podiums the whole story changes i mean he's right there in the limelight so yeah, I don't think he cares about limelight necessarily. It's just that recognition of like, hey, I'm pretty damn good too. Like I'm a contender in this championship. 
put my name in the hat and I think he deserves to have his name there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing that that led to his uh, success last season was the fact that he was able to put the entire season together and have yes. solid races uh, week in and week out. And that's one thing that that has really lacked um, at the top of the bike side um, for a while in com- competing with uh, Caleb Russell is nobody's been able to put that full season together um, and, and really come after him like that to where he's even been able to take yep. rounds off towards the end of the year. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it shows that there's more than one way, like you don't have to have the insane speed like stew and go out there and just blister everybody. If you are steady yeah. and you're steady and you, you are consistent up there, that's, that's really, you know, a lot of times more important than, than, than the, um, the blazing speed. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a hundred percent it. And I feel like Josh Strang's the other guy that's kind of in that same boat of always consistent. I mean, he got taken out by another rider this last weekend and, and had to come in and, and change the front brake. But, and that definitely affected, you know, where he was at. That was a very long pit stop and, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Strang so upset. His <laughs> wife, Cameron, was doing everything she could to calm him down. And, all right, you're good. You're good. Just, you know, we'll get you back out there. Everything's going to be okay. But uh, Strang was frustrated, I know, because it's it's going to be a tight tight points race. Um, you know, so far, what your top – I don't even think the top five guys, as far as points, have all been on the podium. I don't think there is a guy yet. And I'm looking at it right now. There's not a rider out there who has made the podium every single round so far. Right. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> – and if it continues that way, you got to think, hey, if I'm a Ricky Russell, I'm back in fifth in points, or Josh Toth or Stu Baylor, um, I'm still in this thing because I know eventually one of those other guys, it's going to be their bad race, and that's my opportunity to jump up in the points. And so it's it's just constant pressure for probably the top – six seven guys right now yeah Yeah. and we were just talking about consistency with uh uh with ashburn and another person that is very very consistent um and i am really high on this guy i think that he is the top guy he's your points leader is ben kelly um yeah that's a guy that that you know he found himself in second place behind Stu, uh which is a familiar place that he found himself last year towards the end of the season but he's a guy that uh um I think can be in there on that podium week in and week out. And uh, um, I'm really looking for big things from, from, from that guy because he is now the number one rider on the team. And yep. uh, he's feeling that pressure a little bit, but he's handling it uh, tremendously and uh, found himself the second podium of the season. And uh, I'm looking for big things from him. Yeah, I know after round one, talked with Johnny Gallagher, and, and the word that he had gotten was after round one, the fifth place finish in the past – Whenever Ben would finish, you know, fifth, fourth, whatever, the team would basically say, hey, man, good job. Let me let my dog out or she's going to lose her mind. Mom's <laughs> home. Mom's home. All right, go out there. I'm on the phone, Dolly. <laughs> um, you know, the team would say, um, hey, good job. Good race out there. But now it's changed. And essentially, KTM came to him after round one and said, look, we don't have a Caleb Russell anymore. You and Josh Toth are our guy we need one of you on the podium every race that needed to be you today. Fifth isn't good enough. That's not going to cut it. And Ben Kelly felt the same way. He knew what he knew, what the expectation was um, for himself. And from the team, he was disappointed in himself. 
and the fact that he responded with with going one or first place in round two and then a second place this last weekend tells me that the maturity is there and I don't look to see him off the box too many more times this season. No, no, I don't either. And that's uh, that's a scary place for the rest of the field for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's going to be I, – I, you know, I, I heard, I've heard Rodney talk about how he believes this could be the, one of the most exciting GNCC seasons of all time. And, man – I, I can't find the lie in that he's, yeah. he's absolutely right. And I'm, ex- I mean, I can't wait for the next race to watch and see what's going to happen because the best part about it is you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that goes for the quads and the bike side. So it's going to be exciting. And uh, uh, Mikey, we appreciate you coming on and, and giving us your take on, on what you've been seeing out there in the trenches <laughs> and literal. Uh, sometimes the trenches, the UFC <laughs> fights, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who who would have thought that we, you know, through round three, we would have had three bike winners, uh, two quad winners, and and a, a couple of uh, punches thrown. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Setting up to be a good one. Are yeah. we going through the season pretty fast, or does it just seem like that? Because it seems like we're already on round four, what, next weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two weekends from now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, definitely moving. It's going to be summer break before you know it. Yeah, it's crazy. Wild. It's wild how fast this season's already. I feel like it was just New Year's not too long ago, and now we're no kidding. Now we're almost, you know, far, we're getting ready to be four rounds through the GNCC season. But uh, is, there yep. any, is there any word on Thad Duvall? Uh Thad was actually so I had heard uh, basically the day before the surgery, uh, somebody had told DQ um, that they kind of expected Thad to race in um, in Georgia. And so when I got there, I'd heard he was there, and then I heard, no, he's not racing. So um, I don't know. I talked to Johnny Gallagher about it, too, and I said, I, I, I bet he races Camp Coker. And Johnny said, I don't think he will. So I think it's all still up in the air, and I don't think he wants to come back unless he's 100%, which is right. probably a good idea for him. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. I, I want to see him out there, though. It breaks my heart. It just oh. seems like one freaking injury after another, and it's just – it's got to be getting old. It's got to be wearing on them. Oh, yeah. Especially, it, there's never, ever, ever a good time for injuries. But when right. they happen right at the beginning of the season and you just put yeah. so much work in in the off season, oh, man, it's got to be gut-wrenching. Because I tell you, man, that's somebody that 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 he's due. Yeah. <laughs> he's due for, oh, yeah. for his day for sure. Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we do see him back uh, at this coming round. I'm watching the uh, – the social media like a hawk for that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we'll see. Um, hey, Mikey, real quick, you guys have been um, advertising a lot of amazing things for sale on eBay here uh, in the in the recent uh, uh, past. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, as everybody knows, Lucas Grounds uh, they got hurt late last year. Um, he had to go fund me and all that. All that's pretty i think they started another one Uh, i'll have to find out the details on that but um we dq and i for the bottleneck live we thought man it'd be cool if we could get you know a few pro guys to throw us some jerseys and maybe we auction off a few jerseys or something on the show so we put the word out and then things just started coming out of the woodwork so we have got signed jerseys from uh, gncc pro guys uh strang uh caleb russell uh snodgrass several other guys and then uh, some signed helmets. One of the coolest, the coolest item to me, anyways, 
uh, is a signed Caleb Russell ISDE helmet. Uh, that's available on eBay. And we ended up, uh, Ken Roxon sent us some stuff. Um, Aaron Plessinger, who else? Man, Eli Tomac, we have a, a signed, which we haven't put up yet. Uh, we've got a signed uh, front number plate, number three plate um, from Eli that he sent us. It's signed as well as a whole bunch of other crazy things. So basically, we put it all on eBay or most of it on eBay. And uh, from now until the rest of this week, I think either Friday or Saturday, um, that auction is live. I'll get you guys the uh, the URL to that. But um, yeah, yeah, you can go in, bid, and, and we're just going to literally take 100% of the money and just give it to Lucas and his family and, you know, whatever they want to do with it, it's theirs. It's just kind of our way of giving back. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's Very awesome. awesome. That's, the, that's the, one of the best parts about this GNCC community is that it's more than a community. It's a family. Yeah. And uh, um, it, it's just really, it's really warming to see that because um, a lot of times you'll see somebody get hurt in a sport or something and, they're talked about and then they're forgot about. And yeah, you know, Lucas right. Lucas is definitely not forgotten about and and, and it's just um, it's awesome to see. It's just really heartwarming to see and uh, we love it, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. uh, Mikey, we're not gonna keep you too long. We know that you're tired. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm go, I'm, I'll probably I bet I guarantee I'm, I'm in bed by probably eight nine o'clock tonight. Hey, <laughs> you deserve it, and you deserve a, a, a home cooked meal or two. So uh, <laughs> right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let wifey know. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Mikey, we'll go ahead and let you off here, buddy. We do appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, uh, like we said, man, awesome to have you here and uh, get your intake on on everything going on GNCC racing. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, see ya. Later. Bye. Yeah. All right, guys. That was Mikey Wayne's. <laughs> Man, I'm ready to go GNCC racing again. Brandon, what about you? Uh, I'm, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> Brandon is racing snowshoe, guys. We're no, announcing no, it no, here no, first. No, no, no. You heard it here first. Not snowshoe. <laughs> maybe, maybe Mount Morris. Not snowshoe. <clears throat> He's going to race Mount Morris to prep for snowshoe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when are you going to get that quad out? I actually had it out ripping the grass track uh the other day did you yeah yeah we put a solid five laps in you didn't uh break the stem did you no 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 that's good yep it's pretty pretty uh wild when when uh, a promoter knows <laughs> how many stems uh that, individual rider goes through that damn Rodney cooper and breaking them stems <laughs> richie don't sound like that <laughs> well no but <laughs> I am hard on steering stems. Oh, I got a Hauser stem this time though, so that thing should hold up solid. They got lifetime warranty. I on filled those? it full of concrete. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Uh, but uh, I think they do have lifetime warranties on them, don't they? Uh, you better hope. Uh, I don't know. So, I don't know. In their case, they might not want. I'm want just gonna lifetime. try to stay away from the trees. <laughs> try to stay a little further away from the trees this year. Uh, We're not going to be going for a uh, championship this year, so I might uh, put her in the old man class and back her down a notch. Nah. Nah. <laughs> that's what we all say until we get out there yeah so all right guys well that's about do it for the today's podcast uh hope you guys enjoyed it that was a fun one i enjoyed yeah. having richie on and having uh mikey back on for the second time uh really good group of guys coming on here and helping us with this podcast uh let us know what you guys think make sure if you like the podcast you uh share it to a friend um and uh yeah 
yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys being part of the Split Line Off Road Nation. That's right. We're a nation now, guys. Nation. Yeah, we're nation. So uh, until next time, guys, we'll be uh, we'll be seeing you here pretty soon. Next week, same time, same place, right? Yeah. What are we talking about next week? Oh man! Previewing GNCC. Preview GNCC. Talk a little bit a couple Supercross races. Yeah, um, probably a local mountain state hair local scramble. Local mountain state hair scramble. Yeah. There's racing going on all the time, man. We'll be covering it. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Daddy worked like a mule mining Pike County coal. He fucked up his back, couldn't work anymore. He said, one of these days you'll get out of these hills. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. See, the ways of this world just bring you to tears. Keep the Lord in your heart and you'll have nothing to fear. Live the best that you can and don't lie and don't steal. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. Daddy, I've been trying I just can't catch a break There's too much in this world That can't seem to shake But I remember your words Lord, they bring me chills Keep your nose on the grindstone And out of the pills